0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC.
1: All right, Hunter, your check here at the Little Touchdown Club. Well, Sully, thank you for that uh, great introduction. And I really thought I had a handle on showing up at the Touchdown Club after wins. Kevin and I worked tirelessly to schedule the right <laughs> dates for this after 29 <laughs> years of experience but I have endured coming here after Colorado State and North Texas, so I think I'll be fine today. Um, I got multiple texts this morning. They really think you guys are a tough crowd, wishing me good luck, hoping I would survive today's <laughs> Touchdown Club meeting. I even got a message from Jay Billis wishing me good luck this morning. <laughs> Some of you may get that. <laughs> and of course, we got a big week ahead of us as we go to Death Valley. LSU did not look good this weekend, and they 40, what, did they, what was a win. By a lot. <laughs> Whew, there's a lot. We'll get to that in just a minute. And uh, David, you know, I must tell you, each year I look at the lineup of speakers and it blows me away the caliber of people that uh, you're able to get Hall of Fame coaches, players, broadcasters every week. And then you supplement that with an AD uh, occasionally. And But being included among this group of prestigious people across uh, college athletics and professional sports uh, sometimes can go to a man's head because I'm included in that group, and I admit I started feeling myself a little bit, and um, I've been married now for 30 years, and sometimes you know, I gotta let my wife know how good I really am. And so I said, sweetheart, last night when I was preparing for this, I said, do you know what Laura Rutledge, Peyton Manning, Tony Dorsett, and Jim McMahon, and Hunter Yurchek all have in common? She, of course, she had no idea where I was going today, so I said, we are all headliners at the Little Rock Touchdown Club. She said, paused, and I knew something smart was coming. Smart Alec, that was. Um, She said, you know what the five of you do not have in common? And I said, what is that, sweetheart? She said, what David's paying all of you to come speak at the Touchdown Club. Because I give free speeches for David. (laughs) Uh, Next week, as David mentioned, former Razorback and a true hero, Peyton Hillis. What a remarkable story that I know he will tell. So hopefully uh, you will come and listen to him. And unfortunately, not all the news in a Razorback family has been uplifting over the past five or six months. In the spring, we lost Chris Smith. And in the summer, we lost one of our signees, uh, Dion Stutz. And then Razorback legends, Ryan Mallett and Alex Collins. And I, I know we miss each of them. And uh, we're spending time throughout the course of our football season honoring each of them and their families. And We're also grieving the loss of another dear friend of the Razorback family. In fact, the last time I was here, Keith Stokes was sitting in this audience and it's hard to imagine our live mascot program without Keith and or the Stokes family. And I'm so happy that Julie and Chip and Abby and their entire family um, have continued to take on Keith's legacy, and they've been in Fayetteville the last two weekends, and please keep that family and your thoughts and prayers moving forward because that's not easy for them to do uh, following the loss of their father and husband. And I'd also be remiss if I didn't recognize another Razorback great and congratulate our friend Kevin Scanlon on a couple of upcoming honors. Later this month, he's being recognized by the Burlsworth Foundation as their legend of the year, and he will also be inducted into the Southwest Conference Hall of Fame. And speaking of upcoming honors, David, I was thinking of your upcoming personal milestone and it made me start to think of great things related to the number 60. 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in a college football game. David mentioned 60 sponsors today. (laughs) The Razorbacks won a football championship in 1964 and that is their golden era of football. And just before that, National championship was won in '64. One, David Basel was born in October, October 13th yes. of 1963. You'll be 60, David. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And so, in celebration of your golden era. <laughs> oh Lord, oh. <laughs> Happy birthday, David. (laughs) Do we have a touchdown club event on that day, the 13th, or are you off that day? I think we're off. okay. Well, in all seriousness, as I enter uh, my sixth year as a director of athletics at the University of Arkansas, it is truly an honor and a privilege for me to serve in this role because of the people across this state and how they support our entire Razorback athletic program. Um, It is special to sit in the chair that I sit, whether you're coming off of a win or a loss because of the people that support our program. And we've had a really incredible five-year run in the Razorback Athletic Program. We finished 7th, 8th, and 13th in the Learfield Directors' Cup standings in the past three years. The Learfield Directors' Cup standings, if you're not familiar with that, takes 350 Division I schools and gives you points for how each of your top 20 sports finish nationally on an annual basis. Stanford traditionally wins that because they have 33 sports. They throw their bottom 13 out and they take their top 20 into this metric. We only have 19 sports at the University of Arkansas. So if you compare us to schools that have 19 or fewer sports, we would have finished number one in the country each of those three years. During that same five-year period, we've won 31 SCC sports among 11 different sports programs. We have 19 sports, 11 have won SCC championships. 31 during that five-year period is more than any other SEC program. During that same time period, we've won six national championships. We've had 11 top 10 national finishes, 16 top 25 national finishes, all 19 of our sports programs have gone to postseason play at least one time. We've won two bowl games. Our men's basketball program's been to the Elite Eight twice and the Sweet 16 once. Our women's basketball, uh, women's soccer team has been to two soccer Elite Eights in one Sweet 16. We've been to two College World Series. We've had All-America selections, SEC Players of the Year, SEC Coaches of the Year, National Players of the Year, National Coaches of the Year and during the 21-22 season, we're the only athletic program in the country that won a bowl game, sent a team to the men's basketball Elite Eight and a team to the College World Series. And I also want to brag about our student athletes in the classroom during that same five-year period. They have maintained a cumulative GPA of 3.2 and 97% of our student athletes during that five year period who have exhausted their athletic eligibility as Razorbacks have left the university with a degree. And now I believe, uh, David, we've got a video, so before we start talking about 23, 24, and I invite you to look at the video screen as we take uh, some looks at those wins and championship moments from the past year. So the 23-24 season is off to a great start. We have five fall sports currently competing, and four of those five teams are ranked nationally, beginning with our cross-country team. Our men are ranked 19th, and our women are 20th, both won their opening meet at Oklahoma State. Our soccer team is currently ranked 11th in the country. They started SEC play Friday night with a 3-1 win over Tennessee, and they're looking for their third consecutive Elite Eight appearance, and they currently have a 5-2-1 record. Our volleyball program is currently ranked 16th in the country. Their RPI has climbed to ninth in the country. This is the highest program uh, ranking since 1999. They have a record of 10 and two. Both of those losses coming to number one ranked Wisconsin. One of those was a five set loss before a record crowd at Barnhill Arena, which was rocking that night for a volleyball program. I know everybody wants to know about our football program, right, David? They're two and one. (laughs) Uh, A few weeks ago, we had the honor to help celebrate the 75th anniversary of War Memorial Stadium with their season opening win over Western Carolina. And it was indeed great to be back in Central Arkansas. We appreciate the staff and team at War Memorial Stadium for hosting us. We followed that up with a win over Kent State last week in Fayetteville. And then Saturday night, we had just an incredible environment and what was really a roller coaster game where we got up 14 to nothing quick uh, with some explosive plays and encouraging to see the energy Isaiah Satania can bring to our special teams. Then we fell behind 21-14, went up 31-21 and ended up losing uh, 38 to 31 with a chance to win on that last drive. We got a tough road ahead of us. Starting in Death Valley Saturday night against a very good LSU team Then we go on the road in a neutral site game to play Texas A&M in Dallas And then we go to Old Miss and then we go to Alabama No, the athletic director did not create that schedule for our football program <laughs> So, people say, what's the matter with their football program? Quite honestly, I don't know that anything's a matter with their football program, but just normal football issues. Um, We have, absolutely, we have some inexperience on our offensive line. Everybody says, well, Sam Pittman is an offensive line coach. Well, he knows how to coach an offensive line, but he can't coach experience. We lost three key members off of our offensive line uh, last year. Ricky Stromberg, who's playing for the Commanders, Dalton Wagner, a left tackle, who is in a pro camp, and then Luke Jones. Those three guys took up a lot of snaps. We have returners, but we have three guys we've been interchanging. Uh, We had one that was hurt the first game, not making excuses, but you can't coach experience. And so they are learning. People say, what's the matter with K.J.? Nothing's the matter with K.J. K.J. had one offensive coordinator uh, his first three years at the University of Arkansas. He's learning about Dan Enos. Dan Enos is learning about K.J. I think you'll see that start to come together. Our team and our coaches are going to continue to prepare and they're going to continue to play hard There's one thing you can't take away from those young men on that field They played hard for 60 minutes on Saturday and they will continue to play hard for 60 minutes for the remaining nine games We have this year again. We're only three games into the season We have a lot of momentum coming off of last season um, going to two consecutive bowl wins We've had incredible crowds here in Little Rock, in Fayetteville. There's nothing wrong with our football program other than we lost 38-31 to a good BYU team Saturday night at home. And we will bounce back. I think you'll see us play really well Saturday at LSU, but we got that's a, gonna be a really tough task for us, going down there and playing them at night under lights. But you know what happened last time we went down there? We left with the boot. We left with the boot, so. All right, David, I think you've got some questions for me. Fire yeah, we'll, away. We'll, uh,
0: we'll start with, uh, you know, you've been around, you know, what, this is year number six? This right, is year yeah, six, Yeah, Year six. So you've been through the negative. You know, obviously there were some negative times. So how different is it, uh, you know, we, we get to see him come into the press conference room after a game. You go into the locker room with the players. The difference between when you win and lose, how it affects players, coaches, fans, and how you had to deal with it at, as an AD.
1: Sure, I I can promise you Saturday night after the game, for as upset you think you may have been or other fans across this state, there was nobody more upset than our players and our coaches at losing that game. You, You don't even understand, you can't come close to understanding the hard work that those young men put in, the hard work that our coaches put in to prepare. They get to play 12 times. And they had an opportunity Saturday night to win in front of an incredible, atmosphere um, at Razorback Stadium. So had just an incredibly electric atmosphere, sold out. People were tailgating all day. It's tough. And so Sam Pittman and I spent a lot of time after the game just talking. Um, I call him up on Sunday morning to talk some more after he's had a chance to look at the film. And then I'll go over to practice today and uh, love up on our players a little bit uh, after practice.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, yeah. It's a different ball game. You've been in the game for a while in the athletics business. You know, now you have players you're getting paid. You know, you have social media where people can go after individual players. I saw a little bit. I don't know if how many of you saw that, but there were fans that went after particular players on this team, and um just a different different game than it used to be. You know, do you think that's a healthy thing? How do you think the players adjust to that and what's your advice to the kids, you got a future back here that's going to have to deal with those kind of things in the future. Sure.
1: Yeah. First of all, I don't think there's anything healthy about social media. Um, I really don't. I mean, we, we tell our young men that uh, stay off of that after wins and stay off of it after losses because um, you know what people are saying about you in the wins and what they're saying about you in the That doesn't matter. It's really what uh, those people in that locker room are saying first and foremost. Now, name, image, and likeness. Uh, name, image, and likeness as it was intended. Um, is a really good thing if you are a young man or young woman a collegiate student-athlete and your name has a value to a business product or service and they want to use you to endorse that business product or service with your name image likeness that's a positive and that's the good part of NIL that student-athletes should have an opportunity uh, to benefit from what has crept in very quickly um, and we didn't get guardrails up as an organization is the collective part of NIL and that's where uh, donors are pooling their resources and they are paying uh, student-athletes to do very little or no work um, in return to participate in a sport or come to an institution to participate in a sport and that's the part of NIL uh, that is as a, an in- industry that we've got to get our arms around and that, that's not positive it's not positive within the locker rooms it's not positive for administrators it's not positive for coaches
0: do you see a it's a great question do you mean what's a possible solution How how do you attack that
1: yeah I mean a possible solution and we're working hard um, is right now we have within the SEC footprint all 11 us 11 of us have gone 11 institutions have gone to their legislative bodies and worked on separate NIL laws from state to state that vary just a little bit so now what you have is Fifty states that have their own NIL laws makes it very hard for conferences in the NCAA to manage, and so now we're taking that next step and looking for federal legislation for from Congress, and that's really the way we're going to get our arms around this.
0: Um, I was going to ask, you know, it's a big challenge with with transfer portal and uh, NIL and all that. Yeah, De- Deion Sanders, who you interviewed actually for the job a few years ago, has come out and said the same things you did about how the challenges of that. What about what we saw this weekend? This is, looks like you know you see some teams you normally not see struggling. Do you think that the transfer portal has started to trickle down effect for schools across the country? Where there's a bit more parity because of that
1: absolutely I think there's going to be parity throughout college football moving forward that you may not have that dominant team that stays dominant for a decade because uh, young men um, in college football specifically they work really hard and they want that reward of being on the field and getting to play I mean it's tough to be a practice player because you, you do the exact same thing that every other player in that roster does if you but you don't get the reward on Saturday and so if you're going to work that hard you want to find a place that's going to give you that award of competing in games on a Saturday and so I think you're seeing that players are not going to sit out and grow and build in any one program for for two or three years and wait for their opportunity to play that if they don't play at a certain place after their freshman year they're going to move on and find a place that they can play.
0: If you're in radio in Central Arkansas, if you want to get the phones ringing, you throw out one you throw out one topic and that's, you know, games in Fayetteville, games in Little Rock. Uh, where do you stand on War Memorial Stadium? Obviously, we played a game here this year, yeah. you've got a contract. What what are your thoughts about the future of that relationship?
1: Yeah, well, we have two games uh, on our schedule. Uh, 2024, we play uh, UA Pine Bluff. Uh, Chris, are you here? Chris, there you go, there, Chris, stand up. Chris the AD at uh, UA Pine Bluff, we play them on. So we play them in 2024 and uh, we play another team at the eastern part of the state in 2025, (laughs) Arkansas State for the first time ever. Um, And then what's happening within the SEC in our scheduling model is right now uh, we have eight games, but we are evaluating and debating a ninth game. And does that ninth conference game also include a Power Five requirement, which then would have 10 games? And um, we won't have decided what that looks like and probably until next spring. And so uh, we're gonna evaluate what that scheduling model looks like, is it nine SEC games plus a Power Five requirement? And then we'll evaluate what our relationship and partnership and what games will be played in Little Rock moving forward so we're okay through 24 and 25 we have games here obviously played a game there this year and see we'll see what 26 and beyond looks like once the SEC gets schedule gets set
0: you know football is the is the bell cow for money for most all football programs you, you mentioned 19 sports that we have here and um, but you, you you look at all the other sports matter of fact Judy Henry you were a gymnast. Uh, Betsy Burles Arnold, who was Burles was the first basketball scholarship player. Um, h- how do you think the you know the rest of the the other sports as it relates to football? I mean, how do you think the health of those sports are currently in college sports with NIL and and uh, money as well? A transfer portal. Sure, can't
1: I can't speak uh, at other institutions, but we have made a commitment to having a broad-based, successful athletic program. We have nineteen sports programs, four hundred and sixty-five student athletes and I sit in front of them and tell them that I want all 19 sports programs and 465 student athletes to have a chance to earn their degree and have a chance to compete for and win championships as a student athlete at the University of Arkansas. We, we've made that commitment. Now with what that, what that said, as David mentioned, our football program is responsible for, for roughly 75% of our current $150 million operating budget. 75%. And so what I tell our other 18 coaches is that our football program needs to be healthy for us to have success across all 19 sports. And so I make make a decision that you think, well, you just care about football. Well, I care about all of our sports and I better care about football to make sure that all 19 of them are healthy. And so we've made that commitment and that's reflective in our Learfield Director's Cup standings and reflective in the 31 SEC championships that we won among 11 sports in the last five years.
0: You mentioned, yeah, worth the round of applause for that for sure. Uh, You mentioned social media. Our athletic director is not scared to be engaged on social media. Back on August 13th, you had written a a guest editorial in the Democrat Gazette. uh, And uh, Jay Billis, who is a very outspoken uh, broadcaster, former player at North Carolina, uh, said this. The latest Doomsday prediction, they said the same thing about food, stipends, and any other athlete benefits. Of course, we need no guardrails for salaries, staff size, facilities, or anything else. Only athletes must be limited. Nonsense. So that was what Jay Billis posted. You came back and said, at my personal expense, inviting Jay Billis to spend a day with me in Fayetteville, full transparency on our revenues and expenses for our Razorback uh, Athletic Program. If you're going to make a seven-figure salary covering college athletics, you should probably be educated on college athletics. So... um, (laughs) I wanted to hear what has happened since then. Did you get a response from Jay Billis to that that tweet? So
1: now you understand that Jay Billis wishing me good luck earlier today, that joke. Um, nothing has happened. Uh, I think uh, my son told me that Jay Billis did respond, but he hasn't taken me up on his offer. And look, I, I don't have anything against Jay Billis personally, uh, but I want Jay Billis professionally or any uh, member of the media uh, to be well-informed about college athletics because that's where I think we have fell. Sh- Fallen short as directors of athletics, is really telling our story and be very transparent about where this money goes, because we have a $150 million budget, and about 40 million of that is in payroll expenses. So there's $110 million that we reinvest into the lives of our student athletes, whether that's scholarships, whether that's meals, whether that's travel, whether that's equipment, whatever the case may be, that's invested into our student athletes. Our student athletes, every team has their own athletic trainer, their own strength and conditioning coach. They have mental health professionals. We have an incredible team of doctors that we pay all their medical expenses from UAMS. Um, There's not anything our student athletes need. But if we have to start revenue sharing in college athletics, you know what we're gonna pull back on is the services that we provide to our student athletes, like the mental health professionals, like the food, like the way they travel, like the equipment that we get. So we can share revenue with student athletes, but in the end that's gonna hurt the student athletes collegiate experience. And I just want Jay Billis and other members of the media that don't understand that to better understand that so they can help us with their narrative.